0: Jeez, I hate people. I hate people. This is why they're the worst. Are you ready for it? Hey, why aren't you saying hey? Oh, are you muted? I can't hear you. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Got ya! <laughs> oh my god, you're so annoying. I wish I could hold out longer so you'd start free camping, motherfucker. Dude, the, your stupid sound's not working. <laughs> oh my god, good. you really had me going there for a minute. <laughs> hey everyone, I'm Rebecca, the one who's hilarious and just pulled a prank on Rachel by mouthing. She thought my sound was off, and I was mouthing like, "Rachel, can you hear me? Hello?" Got her <laughs> yes. real good. Got me good. Um, I'm Rachel. We're identical twins. Mm-hmm. Love, true crime, hate people, and live for a plot twist. We love it. All right. Let's just get going, because shout out to our new- newest patrons, Gabrielle, Caitlin, and Olivia. Um, Liv, y'all, are, y'all y'all are thanks. awesome, and thank you. Liv, you get a custom shout out. Just a reminder, it can be anything. We'll give you a custom shout out, and Caitlin and Gabrielle, thank you. Thank you. Y'all. whoop, whoop. I'm humbled We do realize it's November 10th this is airing on November 10th but what's recording on October 31st so happy Halloween everyone or I guess belated happy Halloween Oh my God what are your kids being uh Charlie's being a hot dog and cute <laughs> Carolyn's being I know it's so cute uh Carolyn's being the stay puff ghostbusters that charlie had two years ago i just have to see her in it oh my god absolutely! i really slacked this year there's no theme there's no nothing i don't care oh yeah same what's britain doing he is gonna be a little policeman and onyx is gonna be his police dog i have his canine i have a vest and everything oh cute like a slutty (laughs) cop (laughs) a slutty cop yeah he's a sexy cop (laughs) his fishnet stockings and everything (laughs) cute cute hell and then i know we're delayed again it's november 10th but do we watch halloween ends and now i've been we have not spoken separately about it so now we have to recap because i've been wanting to bitch about this forever and if you haven't seen it i mean you're if you haven't seen it at this point you're probably not going to but it was the worst way to end a franchise i'm so disappointed it really was it was so sad and maybe it won't be the ending but and also if you haven't seen it i feel like halloween's not the type like we're not going to ruin anything you know you know who the killer is it's just going to be like it's just you know bullshit. so on michael myers he's going to let this punk ass little kid tell him what to do like this kid is like admires michael myers and michael myers lives in a sewer and really doesn't do any killing all this kid he's, does it for him it's just the he's weirdest. not in it the weirdest thing, this is not the Michael Myers I know. And then they- at the end, yeah, oh what yeah, the, I laugh so hard <laughs> at the end when they finally kill him, Lori Strode, which is Jamie Lee Curtis, finally kills him. I don't know what you're And gonna they say. strap him to the top of the car, the roof of the car, <laughs> like a Christmas tree, and the whole town all of a sudden comes out. I don't know where they came from. And the cops are like, Well, no, no, wait, that's not how this works. Yeah. And then the sheriff pulls up and is like, that's how it's going to work today. And the whole town, like, marches them over to this, like, junkyard and throws them in the wood chipper or whatever that is. <laughs> the They're car like, crusher. Car crusher, but they, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought you were going to laugh about the fact that they crowd surfed them over to it. That oh, yeah, that's whole what, town that's what else. crowd surfs surfaces. This Michael Myers, who's supposedly dead. Yeah. Just to he make, crowd surfs. Yeah. To go into the wood ch- or the car crusher. Oh my god, it is hilarious. It's the stupidest way. And then it just ends. And I'm like, that is it? That that's not they cannot end it like that. There's gotta be a couple more. Y'all got so a couple more. Under- it is not how normal Halloweens go. <laughs> it so Listen, stupid. We're passionate about yeah, it. Passionate. Y'all go watch it. It's hilarious and sad. The only yeah. he's yeah. He's not in it. No, yeah, he's not. The only other thing was um Delphi murders. <gasps> Oh, my God, yes. There's supposed to be a press conference today about the person they arrested in the Delphi murders. I am so happy. It hasn't started yet, so I don't know what led them to this guy, but a picture has been released. He could look like the picture that I think Libby took on her phone. Um, So if if y'all don't know about the Delphi murders, I think everyone does. But quick recap, in 2017, these two girls, 13 and 14-year-old, years old were playing it like there it's like a walking trail within their small town delphi and i think the consensus is there was a man kind of lingering around that was creeping him out so one of them Snapchat a picture of him and or had it on their phone um and then have a recording of them that sounds like he says guys down the hill Mm -hmm. and they don't come home. They're missing. Their bodies are found around where they're known to be playing by their parents, and it has gone unsolved since 2017. And I mean, the picture of the guy—it's blurry, but so soft. Like someone has seen that picture and been like, "Oh, I know right. that person." Yeah. Like he, uh, and the voice, like yeah, someone who calls young girls guys is like a hey, guy. That's not that common. Like someone. It knows something, right. as they say. And it's gone on since 2017. They finally made an arrest a couple days ago. Press conference, I guess, today. We'll figure out what's going on. Wait, what um, is the it, press conference? I don't know. I think it could be the guy in the picture. It's hard to tell. Yeah. He has less hair now. Um, I don't know. Right. Kind of bigger bill. I mean, it could be him for sure. Right. But they must have something. Yeah. I'm so happy for their family. I know. I hope it. Yeah, I can't wait to hear that. I gotta figure out what time. I know. Yeah, well, I hope it's him and they get closure. For real, it's so sad. All right, that's all I had. Same. Okay, so I came across the story randomly on BBC, and it was so captivating to me. I was sucked in. I had to do my next story on it. And you don't usually hear about these cases, and I just went down a rabbit hole and just kind of became fascinated, so... Let's Hell do that. Yeah. My sources, BBC, The Sun, Mirror.com, The Isolated, which is a podcast devoted solely to this topic. Real Men Feel podcast, which I've never heard of, but they host interviews, an author and a psychologist, Ann Silvers, who wrote a book called It, it Happens, It Hurts, and it's time to get real about it. Oh, shit. And lastly, ChoosingTherapy.com. I'm telling me I got into it. Okay. I am telling you the story of Alex Skeel and Jordan Worth, And since those names are both kind of androgynous, at least if you're from the South, to clarify, Alex is a boy, Jordan is a girl. All right, cool. Alex Skeel is from Bedford, England, and was 16 years old in 2012 when he met Jordan Worth, who was also 16, in college. And for those that don't know, college is different in the UK. Education is required until they're 18, like in the U.S., that school is only required until they're 16. So after 16 they can they, there are a few directions they can go, but a lot of people choose to go to college for two years um, in order to prepare for the exams to get into university. Okay? Okay. So Alex never had a girlfriend. He really focused his time playing football, but he was smitten with Jordan. She came from a loving supportive family. She was a high performer at school. She volunteered in caring for unwanted animals and raised money for children in Africa. 16. Good for her. And on Side note, on our 16th birthday, Rachel and I cried because it was raining and the DMV <laughs> wouldn't let us take our driver's test in order to get our license. Cried
1: because we had you, to wait a day.
0: We had to wait one day and you did not want to be our father on that day because no. we were bitches to him. We made him sit at the DMV for eight hours in hopes that it would stop raining. <laughs> Such brats. Like Eight hours at the DMV with two crying 16-year-olds. It wasn't a full eight hours, but it was eight, several hours. <laughs> I hope he didn't have too much work to do that day. I don't know, and He's all positive. Like, We'll just go home and hang out with your friends and be the first ones in line tomorrow. I'm like, that's a fucking stupid <laughs> idea. Shut yeah. the hell up, dad. Sit, sit your down, ass back down. <laughs> Sit down and shut the fuck up. You're in it now. You're here. You're in it. You're it was, committed. It was dad's fault it rained that day. Oh, my. Like, you would have thought. You're just such bitches. <laughs> so she such was such doing brats way better at 16 than we were, <laughs> <but> for sure. <laughs> so, poor dad. Poor dad. Sorry, dad. Uh, so... She was sweet and caring, and gave him a lot of attention, which he was not used to. And he he liked being able to tell his friends, "I'm hanging out with Jordan this weekend." Like he's just so proud to have a girlfriend. Oh, cute. I know. And it was your typical teenage relationship. They would get drunk and listen to Best Deal with his friends, who loved her. Um, they said she was really cool and became a part of their group very quickly. So it was all easygoing and fun, and that is everything that their Instagram and Facebook would lead you to believe but it is all bullshit because this is his survival story. <gasps> oh. Switching up the narrative on, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So after that first year of dating, Jordan started becoming a little controlling, like nothing major, just telling him like, he, she didn't like when he wore gray. She didn't like his hair a certain way. I don't know, specifically Nothing gray. major. That's a little much for me. Well, oh, sure. Yeah. Red flag for sure. You shouldn't wear those shoes. You should wear the shit like that. But Alex didn't really think much of it. He just wanted to impress her. She was also very open about how weird she thought that Alex and his family were so close. Like, would ask why they sit around the um, dining room table to eat dinner and stuff like that. Like, how do you even mm-hmm. respond? Oh, gosh. Like, we want to talk must have to each a other. Sad home life. But uh, reports say she had a loving and supportive family. I said that's at the top. Um, that is the weirdest. It's just so weird. Like, that's fine that you and your family don't do that, but to think it's weird when someone else does, it's just. You know, yeah. That. Huh. And as time went on, the behavior got a little more off or as Alex's mom, Jed, G-E-D, says she got a little tricky. <laughs> I love all these masculine names, but OK. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. For and Jordan. She got a little tricky. Yeah. She was a little mm. tricky, a little trickster. For Jordan's 18th birthday, Alex's family took her to London to see the Lion King, which was very nice to do for your son's girlfriend. And they had a great night. Everyone had fun. But around midnight when they're in their hotel room, Alex went to the bathroom. And when he came out, Jordan was gone. So he ran to his parents' room, woke them up, and everyone was freaking out. They went out looking for her, calling her name in the middle of the night for about an hour before going back to the hotel to call the police. And she was in the lobby hysterically laughing. It was a ruse to see how much he cared about her. Oh. So many things. First of all, do not wake me up. I would be so pissed. There better be blood if I'm waking up to walk the rainy streets of London in the middle of the night. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? For real. And ballsy move knowing that he was probably going to have to wake his parents up, too. Right. No, she doesn't give a damn. (laughs) Really? Okay. Right. Not loving JoJo. <laughs> no, no one So She would do shit like that. And then not too far after that, Alex and his twin brother Luke were turning 18 and their mom planned a huge party for them and invited her best friend's daughter, who was 15 at the time and apparently very attractive. Who? So Jordan told Alex, I know it's weird to say but that, still about a 15- 15. Yeah. And why are you just now telling me that he has a twin? Oh, I'm so sorry. It is the main focus point of the story. That needs to be at the top. It needs to be at the top. Jordan told Alex that if the 15 year old was going to be there, she's not coming. I could see that coming from a mile away. Right. Of course, they both end up coming, and midway through the party, the music is stopped by screaming, and Jordan is attacking this poor little girl. Oh my god! <laughs> Telling her to stay the hell away from Alex and all this crazy shit. The articles and interviews don't go into detail about exactly what she said, but the entire party, which was hundreds of people, stopped and stared. So it was a scene, oof, and like horrifying, (laughs) so so embarrassing. embarrassing. Like, calm down. They're family friends. She's fifteen. You're threatened by a child. It's your problem. Yeah. Get out of here. So this poor little girl is obviously crying because this mean old lady is screaming at her. (laughs) How old is she again? Eighteen. Yeah, eighteen. So later that night, she stole Alex's phone and snapped his SIM card in half, and that was the final straw for him. He was so fed up with her crap and broke up with her and kind of thought that was the end of it. But before long, Jordan showed up at Jed's house where Alex was living at the time to share some news. Can you guess what it is? That she's pregnant, but it's all fake, isn't it? She's pregnant. No, and it's not fake. Oh, no. So Jed says, quote, no, 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 you little chestnut. You'll do a pregnancy test in my house. <laughs> Direct Hell, quote. yeah. Chestnut, because she's a nut. She's a macadamia. A chestnut. I know. Oh, I love that. And then if it's positive, we need a paternity We're, we're going to stick next to you, but then we're going to do a paternity test. Right. Lo and behold, the test came out positive. She was pregnant. Alex wanted to be in his kid's life and stand by her during the pregnancy, but tells her he cannot deal with the mind games and refuses to be with her. So Jordan's like, oh, okay, sure. And she disappears for a year. Literally Um, one year goes by without any contact. Oh, no. Uh And so one day in 2014, she calls Jed, not Alex, and asks if she wants to meet her grandson, who's three months old at this point. This seems strategic to me. They were never close. So I'm like, why are you telling his mom before him? I think, yeah. Like, she knew Alex was really done, but if she can win over his mom, which will be easy to do when you're holding her first grandbaby in your hands, yeah, then maybe Jed will convince Alex to jo- talk to Jordan. I, ju- I think everything she does is strategic. Well, sure. Yes. So Jordan comes to Jed's house when Alex isn't there, and she opens the door to this cute little bear named TJ oh. and said it was like staring at Alex when he was a baby, and she was just immediately in love. Oh. And after hours of catching up and playing with her grandson, Jed calls Alex and tells him she thinks being a mom has changed Jordan and that he needs to meet a son. Uh-oh. I'm like, Things are falling right into place for JoJo. Yeah, it worked. Alex is still very wary and at this point arranges to meet TJ without Jordan there. He just wants to bring his granddad, who he's very close with. So his grandfather goes over to Jordan's house, so she can leave. And then Alex goes to Jordan's house Mm -hmm. he walks in, there's video and it's a very sweet moment with these three generations. Oh, and Yeah. His grandfather's like, you you have a lovely boy here. Oh my God. And a little British old man accent. Oh, okay. So we have the video. Yeah. Great. Actually, I don't know if the video actually shows him saying that Alex, Alex recapping it, but Mm. I'll post all the videos. Mm -hmm. So now Alex is completely in love with his son and starts talking to Jordan a little bit more and more. And before you know it, her and TJ are living with the skills at Jed's house. Mm -hmm. They do see a change in Jordan and she seems to outgrow all that petty bullshit, except Alex's best friend, who's also named Jordan. So I'm going to call him by his last name, Parker. So Parker does not think she's changed at all. And one day he tells Jed he has a bad feeling that Alex is starting to fall back in love with her And as he puts it, bloody hell. Before you know it, it's January 1st, and they're Facebook official. Okay. That's the end of the British accent, though. (laughs) Bloody hell. (laughs) No more impersonations (laughs) up in here. I think that was my first one. No, I'm just kidding. I I know. First and last. First and last. One and done. One and done. All right. Yep. So. Parker saw it coming. So they're official now, Facebook? Facebook official. And slowly but surely, their mind games start up again and cracks start to break. Oh, but I will say this Facebook official, she's like posting a piece of toast with jelly on it. The jelly's made out of a heart. And oh, God. Are their Facebook profiles still up? Oh, yeah. We'll get into it. Okay, great. So the mind games start up again because crazies can't keep up the facade that they're saying for very long and she is fucking hair eating crazy (laughs) she is wear your jacket as a I mean wear your skin as a jacket crazy oh lord lord have mercy she tells Alex he's dumb beats him down mentally and one day her and Alex are driving in, in the car and they happen to see that same 15 year old from almost two years before and again Jordan goes off on her. Oh, <laughs> oh, God. This girl's like, I'm merely existing. Leave me alone. Right. And again, no details of it. Alex said she starts shouting abuse at her. <laughs> so they go home and Jed's pissed and sits Jordan down. He's like, No, we're done with this. With this, we've moved past this. Grow up. You have a kid. And they get in a big fight. And Jordan packs up her and TJ's things and tells Alex he has to choose either her and her, their son or his mom. Obviously, Alex feels he has no choice, and he doesn't. There's a kid involved now, so he obviously chooses a son. Yeah. Packs his things up, kisses his crying mother goodbye, and little did he or Jed know that would be the last time he speaks to her for two years. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. It's awful. Poor Jed. Poor Jed, poor Alex, poor TJ. For real. They temporarily move into her parents' house, and again, things were good for a short period, but it didn't last. Obviously, she starts dwelling on the fact that he might have been with other people during their time apart when she was pregnant with TJ. During that year, she didn't speak to him. Uh-oh. First of all, who cares? Y'all well, we weren't together. I know this bitch cares. Second, Alex. I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of interviews with him. Seems very shy and like a very good boy. Think of if. If it were a movie, Michael Sierra would play him, I think. Oh, cute. Uh-huh. Like, oh, that's who you should that. picture. Yeah, he's not like slutting it up at the bars. Right. He does everything like every the type. girl he sees. Yeah. Jordan would be. Um, oh, okay. Kristen Stewart. Is that who the vampire? Yeah.
1: Not really? even like she
0: doesn't really look like her, a little bit the pointy features, but you know, just kind of like a. Uh-huh. much stronger personality than michael Sarah, so that's who i would play in a movie that's who they should play in a movie okay <laughs> so, i don't know if kristen stewart has like super strong personality but who, am, who being am that, I to say? that's the vampire chick right yeah yeah you know she kind of comes off like a bitch oh yeah sure yeah, sure sure okay um that's interesting that you just mentioned her parents they moved in with her parents for a little bit um that got me thinking where her, have her parents been this whole time what do you mean? Like, why did she move in with the skills and not them? From well, the no, just in general. Like, she's acting erratically. She's unhinged, seemingly. What are, they they think it's fun? Like, I mean, but like, she's pregnant. Not talking to family for a year. Oh what? yeah, I don't know what she told them in the middle of that. But everything else so far is just like petty, immature teenage stuff. You know, you're right. You're right. She's probably hiding it from them. She's not being like, I yelled at a fifteen-year-old today. I know, but. <laughs> Jed's been so involved in all of this. I would think that she would make a quick phone call to mom, the other mom and be like, hey, your daughter is verbally assaulting a kid every year. Do you mind coming <laughs> to get her? Right. No, Jed's in the know because it's her, her best friend's daughter. So that daughter probably yeah, yeah. Is like, yeah. no, no. Yeah. Okay. Carry on. So then Jordan deletes Alex's Facebook account. She makes him get a new phone, get a new number, and tells him not to tell anyone. She even takes away his PlayStation because it's a form of communication to people he knew. So here it is, the first real huge red flag, the isolation stage. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. People, if your partner is starting to isolate you from your friends and family, get out while you can. Yeah, and especially in such a blatant way like this. Usually, I feel like when you hear about it, it's kind of subtle. You mm-hmm. don't really—they're like just kind of pinning you against a couple of friends, and then it gets. This is like, hey, change your number. And don't tell anyone. Right. It Come is. on. It goes from zero to hundred very quickly. I'm like, oh yeah, what, why? Mm-hmm. But they do this. Abusers do this so you don't have anyone to confide in or talk to. It's their way around the possibility of someone telling you that your relationship isn't normal. It's real fucked up. Yeah, it is. And without anyone to talk to, it does become your new normal. You'll no longer think it's weird as shit that she took your PlayStation like you're a child. So, mind you, during this time, Jed doesn't know where her son is or how to get a hold of him. She becomes so desperate to talk to him. She sends a wire transfer of one pound just to write in the memo box, I love you. (gasps) Oh, no. That really rips my heart oh, out i know to which he does respond i hate you stay away from me Mm-mm. i'm sure he didn't respond but, Okay. I, I know i assume it wasn't him but that's almost more alarming that it's her like she's really taking control of every single aspect of your life yeah can we do a welfare check right um yes we can in just a little bit and a page or two. Oh, okay great a few weeks later, Jeg calls Jordan's mom to relay a message to Alex that his grandfather, his dad. Oh no! Jordan breaks the news to him, and he falls to the floor sobbing. He's so mad at himself for cutting off communication. He doesn't think he's going to forgive himself. And three hours go by, and he's still crying. And Jordan asks why he's being why he's still so upset. Bitch, shut up. And he's like, um, because one of the most important people in my life has died, and she tells him she made it up. He's not dead. What she was testing whether he would he missed his family or not because she was jealous of the bond they have. You are jealous of a grandfather and grandson relationship. Wait, so he really isn't dead? Nope. Okay. She's just cruel and batshit. Well, I, but I hope it sparked something in Alex's head to be like, oh, but when I did think that was true i would really regretted it so maybe I, do, I have a second chance to and, go talk to my granddad he's kind of too far in at oh this God. point he's really mind effed i'm signing off <laughs> okay well it's good to talk to you <laughs> bye bye can you imagine <laughs> so terrible go on in july 2016 they move out of jordan's Parents' home and into their own place. And Alex said the first month was really good. There was not one argument. They were happy. They were loving family family life so much so oh, that they decided to try for kid number two. I knew. I saw this coming. I knew it. Like kids don't make unstable relationships stable. Let's just go ahead and state <laughs> the obvious. Why do people think that if you're in a tumultuous relationship, don't throw a screaming newborn into it? Oof. Especially no if back. the girl is controlling narcissists, she's going to snap. Yeah. Uh yeah. uh. Uh-uh. Yeah. Let me tell you something. When you have a kid, that is, it is not about you anymore. And it's certainly well beyond your control. So, but they are 19. They don't know. Oh my gosh. They're um, still only 19? Yes. Yeah, crap. And with being 19, you know what else comes with that? Fertility. And uh-huh. she's pregnant immediately. One draft. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. While pregnant, she's attending university and tells Alex he needs to quit his job because he can make more money elsewhere. And he loves his job. He does not want to leave. But if making more money would make her happy and with a second kid on the way, he does it. So now while he's at home, Jordan says he has to come to school with her every day because she didn't trust that he wouldn't reach out to his family or cheat on her. So he does. And he sits in her car for eight hours every day. Oh my! What God? Where's the kid during this? They had... staying with her parents. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, which I imagine was her plan all along. She didn't care about more money. It was just like another oh, way right. to isolate him, right? Clearly, because he can't find a job this way. And I have no idea how they got that. I just assume her parents. And I could not find an article about how they got how she was going to university while he had no job and whatever yeah uh, i imagine her parents were helping him but i don't know why they weren't like well alex needs a job too like we're not going to bankroll this whole thing yeah and maybe maybe they did and she was just like oh he's looking he's actively looking and blah blah blah. i don't know yeah so his friends during this bbc interview talk about how they mourned him as literally as if he was dead they refer to it as the time alex was away parker his best friend couldn't listen to best steel without crying because it's alex's favorite band They would randomly type in his name into Facebook in hopes that he reactivated his account and had no luck for the longest time. But one day, a friend does find him, and his name is spelled A-L-I-X. He changed the spelling. Uh Uh-huh. And BBC shows his Facebook wall during this time, and people are commenting like, Alex, I didn't realize you changed your name with an I. We've been looking for you. DM me, please. We miss you. Love you. There's a few comments like that. And his response back is that he changed the spelling of his name to be unsearchable to certain people. But at this point, it's mm-hmm. gone on for how long, and no one's had real contact with them aside from stuff like that, which could easily not be him. Right. Why isn't there like a missing persons? Um, I don't know. Report filed. I mean, like, I think this they is know. too Weird. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they gave just a little bit, like of a uh, proof of life, a little bit here and there. That it, I don't know. I'm yeah, going strictly off his interviews. Okay, so I fumbled off that, but like. Like Jed knows he's living or he was living with her parents. And yeah, I don't, know. I don't know. They know he's alive and well. He's just choosing to strictly be with his son and girlfriend. So Parker then sees a DM from Alex's account that says, Just so you know, I've never been your fucking friend. It's all been a lie. I want nothing to do with you. And Parker responds, Okay, Jordan.
1: Yes. <laughs> and I'm immediately gets on. blocked. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then he gets she's it, I'm like okay. And then she messages. Bitch. She's such a bitch. And then she messages girls that Alex used to be friends with and asks if they're still fat and shit like that. Like the petty, petty high school stuff. I can't get over. You're about to have two kids. Let's move oh my on. god, that is hilarious. The dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I know. But one thing that that Facebook account did do is lead family and friends to their location, Stewerby which is a small village about 20 minutes outside of Bedford. So Alex's aunt goes there to drive around and see if she can pinpoint what house is theirs. And knowing that Jordan had a thing for elephants, she sees a stuffed animal elephant in a window of a house and goes and knocks on the door. And all the lights (laughs) shut down. All the lights shut off. She waits a minute and she sees a small light come on in Alex's face. Then the lights go out again. And she's thinking, okay, he hates us. He doesn't want anything to do with us. When he's ready, he'll come back, but that's it. I've seen him. He's alive. And she leaves. Oh, goodness. So there's your welfare check. Yeah. Alex's grandfather somehow got his cell phone number and sent him a message telling them how much he missed him. And Alex's response was, please don't ever message me again. And his grandpa said it destroyed him. He was heartbroken. I hate this story it's the worst grandpa hang in there it's not home oh. One night alex and jordan went to winter wonderland in london and she started up with this you're cheating on me bullshit again they get in an argument <laughs> how would that be possible but at I'm this point bitch, how would he be cheating on you? he sits in your car for eight hours a day when is their time yeah you're breathing down his neck all damn day get out of here i hate yeah. you and I would love to hear in her head a situation in which he could be cheating. Right. And she, she, she doesn't buy that. She just wants to start a fight. Yeah. Do, okay. you, do you do not think that Michael Sarah is cheating on you. <laughs> Michael Sarah? <Cera. laughs> Cute. Right. So I get in an argument and he's pissed because I just drove an hour and a half to London and she wants to leave now. And he's like, no, we got all the way here. Let's, we'll have fun. And she said, okay, there's one way I'll stay. Go into Boots, which is a pharmacy, and buy sleeping pills. So he does, and she tells him to put one in his mouth, and he does. Then she says, okay, now put the rest in your mouth. Really testing her control over him. And he does it. Oh, no. He takes the whole bottle. I mean, he only remembers how strong they were and how hard he was dozing off and nothing else. He has no idea how they got home. He has no idea how Winter Wonderland went. And I realize at this point, most of y'all are probably like, screw this, leave. Like, now it's getting physical. But just like in the reverse situation, when the woman is the victim, it's not that easy. He has no job. He has no money. He has a child with this woman. Two now, or is she pregnant? She's still pregnant at this point. But How in God's name did she get him home completely unconscious? Like, was she dragging him through the streets of London and no one stopped? To say everything okay? I know. And this, it's shit like this because it's all very one-sided interviews, obviously. But I'm like, she won't speak out, obviously. Yeah. But I'm like, I would love if you did an interview because like, that I a truthful one and told us things like this because you can't, I mean, she would deny yeah. this. She's, whatever. Right. So, when I heard this story, I was very much like, why at this point, just fuck it, leave, obviously, because that's just the reaction and it's, not fair because when a man seeks help for an abusive woman, the first reaction is laughter. I've read it and oh. all the... I know I read it up a lot yeah. on this. And the second reaction is, Well, what'd you do? Which I'll admit, that probably would have been my response initially. If like a guy comes in and is like, My wife is, you know, abusing me, at would Well, would you, yeah, did you do something? I don't know. Um, well, I read that. Most advocates that you do report that stuff to are women who came from a domestic abusive relationship. So their perception of everything's skewed, which so uh, like yeah. that makes sense. Like a man's coming to you and saying, yeah, I'm being hurt, whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're thinking like, well, what happened really? Mm-hmm. Plus she's using his kids against So I'm like, if you leave, you'll never see them again. So he's just stuck. He's a prisoner at this point. Right. So things are really starting to escalate here, and she's really starting to unravel. One day they're driving in a car and it's silent. He's looking out the window, minding his own business. And she just says, That's it, and pulls out her hairbrush, smacks him in the face so hard with it that his tooth is loose. Oh my God. Blood is everywhere. He doesn't have money or a car or anything to get it fixed. So he just pulls it out himself. Uh huh. Uh huh. So now the physical abuse becomes the new normal. And the hairbrush escalates to a hammer. What? I hate everything about this. I know. Yep. There would be occasions where he would be asleep and she would hit him on the head Uh -uh. with a hammer. Okay. (sighs) Gushing blood, refusing to let him go to the hospital. So now he's worried now that if he left, she would take it out on the kids. So again, he's stuck. He's in it. There are... Courts, I know, I know. And custody, because this, this situation is so underreported. He doesn't know. Like all he probably knows is the courts tend to side with the woman. He not yeah. I mean, he is too young and probably doesn't know the legality of everything. That like, no, no. If you have a good case to build her against her, she is not keeping those kids. Right? Don't worry. Well, anyway, he doesn't. He's just in it, and then she turns to knives. Oh, my God. Cutting him all over his body, but not very deep. Just kind of jabs and long scrapes. Like, literally death by a thousand paper cuts. I I hate her so much. She starts refusing him food and their bed. He had to sleep on the floor using his own clothes as a pillow. He said he could feel his body starting to shut down. He lost 98 pounds throughout all this. And he is already skinny. That's a lot. Oh. Oh, God. Yikes. So on February 17th, 2017, at 2.30 a.m., he calls his dad and says he needs help. And his dad rushes over there. when he knocks on the door, all the lights shut off, and Alex yells for him to go away. And Graham, his dad, I was like, no, no. You've asked for help. I'm here. If you don't open the door, I'm calling the freaking cops. Sorry, I'm getting heated because it's just so infuriating. Yeah. So he calls the cops because they're not opening the door, and they tell him to stay outside while they go in. A few months later, they come in and said they had a domestic dispute and everyone's fine, but does tell him that Alex is walking with a limp. Graham tries to go inside again. They shut the door again and tell him to go away again. So he's like, fine, and leaves. A few days later, Jordan and Alex go to a Bastille concert and have a great time. Just as abusers do. This was her way of reminding him that she's fun and quote, thoughtful for getting him his tickets to his favorite band that give you a little glimpse of good. So you're hooked or you say stay hooked. And he's amped, and they have a great night, not one argument. So he goes to bed on the ground, happy and hopeful that she's not all that bad. Then he's awakened with a pot of boiling water being poured on him. Oh, my God. I mean, it's batshit. I mean... Oh, jeez. She lets him get in an ice-cold bath to make him feel better, but before he fully sits down, she does it again and says, get out of the bath, or I'm going to do it again. (sighs) I'm, like, really flabbergasted by this. I know. I hate this bitch. I know. He knows he should go to the hospital, but she won't let him. Instead, she makes him wrap his burns in saran wrap. (sighs) She's torturous. He said when she had good days, she would make up for the abuse the following day. And this was her way of making up for the fact that she didn't touch him on the day of the Bastille concert. And I know I come from a rational brain, but why the fuck do you want to have bad days? Why don't you want to just have fun with your boyfriend? I just... Well, yeah, I, that's her brain. I don't know. In May of 2017, their daughter was born, and Alex prayed that this would be the end of it. She has two kids now. She needs to focus on them. And what, from what everyone said, even those who hated her in this interview, she really did love her kids, which, again, very confusing That was as to why she would want them to grow up in a household like this. But again, I'm coming from a rational brain. Right, he said she was quote back to her old self and blissfully happy for three whole days. Three, <sighs> I can't. Less than a week later, she bought a lie detector test. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, to test Alex's commitment to her. By the way, they showed a box of what this lie detector test looked like. I searched for it and found it on Amazon for fourteen ninety nine. It's a fucking toy. Yeah. So she just straps him to it and asks if he's cheating on her. And it buzzes, indicating that he's lying, which I'm sure it's wired to do because it wouldn't be a very fun toy without that. Like, is it literally a toy? Yeah, it's a toy. It's a prank toy. <laughs> oh. It's literally like the um, operation. Okay. Does she die at the end of this? <laughs> I never want that. But sometimes. <laughs> I need oh, that's a, a good question. Happy ending. I know. So she has a kettle of hot water, and whenever it buzzes, she pours it on him. I just can't this girl. So neighbors call 999 to report that he they hear screaming from their house and tells the operator that the man is yelling, please stop hurting me, get off me. So the oh. cops get there, and Jordan tells them that Alex's burns were because he accidentally turned the shower on too hot. Yeah, and then he stood there for an hour. <laughs> he was yelling at the water to please stop hurting him. <laughs> right. And they're all bullshit, and they take him to the hospital. Oh, good. They do some skin grafts on the burns, which are all, by the way, infected from the saran wrap. And they're peeling off skin by Uh-oh. the layers and tell him that he needs surgery immediately. Okay. Jordan pulls him aside, says, God knows what, and he comes back refusing the surgery and tells him that he's leaving. The nurses are begging him to stay, even call the doctor over who grabs Alex's, Alex by the face to explain the severity of the situation and alex even in this interview says he has no idea why he didn't tell the doctor right then and there he recognizes that was his window and he doesn't say anything i mean this is yeah. how mentally trapped he is mm-hmm. before letting him go the doctor makes alex look him in the eye and say that home is safe so <laughs> What well, sweet doctor they're, i know at least someone's of authorities and in, in the know yeah they're like, kind of catching on. yeah yeah Cops have been there twice now. Right. So, like, let's start building a little foul. Yep. And some, yeah, something's not right here. So, over the next few days, she's doing the same shit. The boiling wa- water is now her weapon of choice. One day, they're arguing, and a neighbor calls the cops again, and Sergeant Ed Finn, who went there the first time, heard the call on the radio and rushes over there and turns on his body cam this time. Alex opens the door and looks Awful. Burns all over his face. He's starving. You he, lo- he looks starved. Cuts all over him. He's just disheveled as shit. And Ed asked him what happened. And he said, they're all self-inflicted because he has a history of depression. And Ed's not buying it at all. And I think Jordan can tell because she comes in cradling her new baby girl, acting, being, being very motherly, asked what's going on. And Ed's like, um, well, I'm going to take your boyfriend for a little bit yes wait the, you've seen this video yeah this i'll post mm, i don't know how burned is he i can't i can't look at it i mean it's i don't know i don't know what, okay. how, how to answer that it's a look he has the bottom half of his face is all red it looks like a, oh okay i can handle that yeah but in reality it's like one big blister Ugh. so in this video she asks if he's coming back tonight and he says yes And she says, okay, so you don't need to talk to me right now then? And he's like, no, I don't think so. Which to me seems very much like she's trying to get an opportunity to get him alone. Like, so you do not need to talk to me right now type of thing. And he doesn't take her up on it. But you know that she's like, get your ass in here so I can make sure you're going to keep your mouth shut. Yeah. So Ed and Alex get in the police car and Ed tells them they're not going anywhere until he tells them the truth. Alex is sticking to her story that they're all self-inflicted and sweet baby angel Ed clicks off his body cam and off his dash cam and says, Alex, we are literally alone and she will never know what's said in this car. And Alex brakes. Oh. Tells him everything. We haven't done this in a while, but this is a good cop story. I love it. Sergeant oh my- Ed Finn. So he tells him everything. Ed marches back in the house and says, that he just got a full recap from the neighbors on what they heard, and she's under arrest for suspicion of domestic abuse. Yes. To which she says, body cam's still on, he turned it back on. To which she says, okay, how long do you think it'll take? Maybe an hour? No, what? No, bitch. You're not being questioned. No, you're under arrest. Who asked this? How long will an arrest take? Yeah. Depends on how the interrogation goes, I guess, you dumbass. She's delusional. So they take Alex back to the hospital and explain to the doctors what's come to light and they do a full exam finding so much built up fluid in his brain caused by the several head injuries that they gave him 10 days to live had he stayed oh no 10 days they admit him into intensive care and the beds north response which is the facility he was in tweeted (laughs) which i didn't know you could do this Yesterday, I dealt with the worst domestic abuse of my career. One is in custody for GBH, and she will be questioned by our Emerald team. So I don't know if hospitals could tweet that, but sure. Let's kick it up a notch. Let's give her name and address, too. <laughs> that's, I thought that's what you were going to say. Victim mm-hmm. is, you know, Alex Skeel. Bitches, Jordan. Jordan and Worth. I'm like,
1: Jordan like you can't Worth. do
0: that. No. And GBH, by the way, is grievous bodily harm, which is the severest form of battery. Okay. So he stays there for a few days, then goes to the police station to be interviewed. And Judy James, a body language expert, said that Jordan's control over him, even after her arrest, is very apparent. He's, show- he's showing signs of distress and confusion after being separated from his controller. And his actions were, quote, frighteningly similar to an animal fear response. I just thought that was interesting. Because he was separated from her? Yeah. Yeah. Does he have like, Stockholm. That's what I'm wondering. That's what I'm thinking. It's coming yeah. from. Yeah. sad. knowing he has nowhere to go, the officers pay for a hotel room and buy him McDonald's, which he said was the best hot meal he's had in two years. Oh God. So <laughs> I don't know why he hasn't called Jed or Graham at this point, but maybe like they've been in the dark this whole time. They have. They don't know anything that's going on. So maybe like he's not ready to deal with such a long ass conversation that would entail. Maybe he just wants to recover a little first which i get sure but yeah so he's in this very posh hotel looking over the bedford river and gets to spend the night in a big fluffy bed without fear of sleeping and when he wakes up he has this like holy shit moment that it's over and he said he went to the breakfast buffet in his blood-soaked t-shirt with all these businessmen around and he just starts dying out laughing everyone thinks he's insane but he's like it was like in a state of shock and relief he just starts laughing to himself Oh, my God. Oh, buddy. On September 28, 2017, Jordan was charged with 17 counts of grievous bodily harm and coercive control, making her the very first woman ever to be arrested for coercive control in the UK. And I'll get to her sentencing and an update on where she is in a second. So just chill. Oh, so. Hold on. She's alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It's dark, but I am mad at this bitch. Oh, I know. And for those that don't know, the ins and outs of coercive control, let me just fill you in a little bit. The formal definition of the law says that anyone who inflicts psychological cruelty on their other halves can be prosecuted, even if there's no direct physical harm. This can include preventing a partner from seeing family and friends, check. Keeping them short on money, check. Controlling their social media accounts, check. Spying on their communications or determining aspects of their everyday life, such as when they eat, sleep, and even go to the bathroom. Check. Check. According to domesticshelters.org, offenders who exercise coercive control over their partner's daily activities are five times more likely to kill them than any other domestic abusers. Yeah. So the police finally do call Jed and let her know everything that happened and told her that they're bringing Alex home. She bursts into tears as she sees that he's barely able to walk. And when she opens the front door, Alex asks for a cuddle. No. Yes. Are you crying? No. It did sound like I was. But isn't that just... He's My still cuddle. like... He's 19. All right, no. He's at this baby. point, he's 20. But yeah. So they embraced her. They hug. His aunt came over and said he didn't look or smell a laugh. Within, I uh, know, it's kind of, just to give you an idea of what shape he was in, my God. I mean, 10 days to live. Ugh. Yeah. Within five days, those two kids were taken from Jordan and given to Alex, and his mom didn't even know she had a granddaughter. He, she had no oh. idea that Alec, uh, Jordan had gotten pregnant again. Yeah. Well, how would you have? Yeah. Jordan pleads guilty to three of the 17 charges and on sentencing day as zero sign of remorse and certainly no apology. In fact, the judge relays a message from her, which is she doesn't blame Alex for anything she did to him. (laughs) Wow. How big of you? Yeah. Good for you. I mean, hair eating crazy. Oh, God. (laughs) The hair eating again is so gross. (laughs) It's just like, it's the best description. You know how insane she is. Yeah. In April 2018, she was given two seven-year sentences for wounding with intent and grievous bodily harm, to be served concurrently in an additional six months for controlling and coercive behavior. But don't worry, hold on, it gets worse. The day she went to prison, Alex said he never felt more free. For the first time in five years, he could get his hair cut the way he wanted, wear whatever he wanted, eat whatever he wanted, and didn't have to look over his shoulder. He can just have fun with his kids. But in February 2019, which is less than a year later, there were Facebook posts coming from her account. Apparently this was not her and it was someone doing it on her behalf because prison obviously bans Facebook from there. And then, but in January, 2022, this year, she actually started posting pictures of herself. So she was in fact, definitely released early. And let me just read some bullshit from her wall.
1: Oh, God. she's posting. Oh, God.
0: Really playing up the victim card. First, she joins a battered women's syndrome group. Which, where are these admins at? Kick yeah. her out. She's a fraud. <laughs> we, we need to get that Reddit admin on that admin. Yeah, for we'll sure. He'll seek her out for sure. <laughs> yeah. She posts a meme that says, it doesn't matter what she did. It's never okay to hit a woman. He didn't. Wait. <laughs> he didn't. But this is public because you're telling me the yeah, story. Oh, yeah. Everyone to look her up. Jordan Worth. I'm guessing her settings she put that people can't comment. There are people laughing. They do like the Oh, okay. You can like it and laugh or whatever. Yeah. A, a lot of people laugh, but there's no comments. And I'm like, I'm guessing she has a setting where she turned them off. Yeah, yeah, turned them off. Um, another one is a third of teenage girls suffer abuse by their boyfriend. Okay. But you're part of the 67% that didn't suffer from this. I, yeah. I I don't You're, not one, them, you're so. not one of them. You're not one of them chill um last one i'll read but i I encourage you to go to her wall it's shocking she has a new boyfriend Mm. last one says how can we protect our daughters from abusive relationships not Um, introducing them to you lead by example yeah yeah maybe that's a good one (sighs) alex Um. is now a football coach and sponsored by a domestic abuse organization and he goes around speaking about his experience which is just so wonderful of him And she is a Rebecca Diagnosed Malignant Narcissist. I've diagnosed her. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you a little bit about it? Well, Malignant Narcissist kind of explains it all, but sure. Well, it's a combination of a narcissistic personality disorder and antisocial personality disorder. So the standard narcissist feels entitled to special treatment, seeks power, uses others for personal gain, lacks empathy, easily jealous needs constant validation. But I don't think the standard narcissist gets physical. Like they don't harm people physically. Right. That's when antisocial personality comes in. People with APD tend to be aggressive, impulsive. They have a pattern of violating the rights of others, display harmful behavior, and lack remorse for acts that harm other people. So people with malignant narcissists tend to display the most severe traits of both, being extremely self-centered, disregarding the feelings and needs of other people manipulating or exploiting others for personal gain having extreme need for power acts of revenge against those who criticize them fantasize about ways to obtain more power and dominance of others lacking conscious regret remorse for their actions being cruel taking pleasure in other people's pains high levels of aggression towards others and paranoia or mistrust of others to a t that's right. oh my god yeah that is pretty dead on i know and like most personality disorders, malignant narcissism uh, interferes with the relationships, and is considered largely untreatable. Oh God, that is dead on. I co-signed that diagnosis. Thank you. And that is the story of Alex Skeel and Jordan Worthless. <laughs> <laughs> there you are. Oh, Look man, at you. Yeah. I just got in a rabbit hole over this, and like opened my eyes on how much more common this is than it, I think than we think. Like. I typed re- uh, Alex Skeel into Reddit and out of the 80 comments I was reading, six are from men saying that they were in similar relationships. Oh my God. I know. And then it got me thinking, Ann Silvers um, said on that podcast that she had a session with a couple where the man cheated on the woman and she punched him in the face repeatedly. And my first thought really was like, hell yeah, she did. And then she was like, No, but you think about vice versa. If a woman cheated on a man and he beat her face in, that everyone would be, that's wrong. And I'm like, yeah, it is. Well, yeah, no one should be punching anyone. Well, no, I know. I mean, oh, It it just really, uh, like, there are not even reliable stats on it because it's so underreported. But it just, like, it made me really think. And that isolated podcast is strictly from, it's two women, who um, only talk about stories where the man's being being abused by the woman. And they do this one. The host's brother was in a relationship like that, and he committed suicide. Oh, no. So they're, like, very strong advocates for men. So it's just, like, it's crazy. And if you're a man going through this, anything similar, it's not embarrassing. Just speak up. Listen to the Isolated podcast. Oh, I don't know about that. I can't with that. It infuriates me. I'm glad it has a happy ending, though. Good for Alex. And he's um, if he's giving talks, he's bringing some light to it. Uh-huh, he yes. And he's like on every morning show in the UK. I bet she's like, fucking stop. Like, he's like, here's the scar from when she stabbed me. Here's this scar. Like, yeah. just, she needs to get out of Dodge. She needs to move. Yeah. Good. He's blowing her spot up. And in the meantime, go to her Facebook and see these memes she's posting like she's the victim. It what is a- shocking. Well, I'm glad those kids are in a happy home. I know. She, and um I was really worried about them. What came along with her sentences was a restraining order. So she can't oh, okay, contact good. Alex. I don't know how that works with kids, but there you go. Well, she can't go near them. Easy. All right. Clearly. But she has boyfriend. Oh, God. He better be careful. Well, I'm glad it had a happy ending again. Um, Great story. Really bums me out on this Halloween, but whatever. All right. Um, And then lastly, we are on TikTok. So just search people are the worst. I think underscore pod, you'll find us. It's fun. Yeah, follow us. And lastly, again, if you're a man going through this, please don't be embarrassed and speak up. There are resources. Maybe I'll post them in the show notes or something. And if you're a woman listening to this podcast and you're doing something similar, you know. Cut it out. Stop it. Stop it.